We are having a frank conversation about cleaning house. It is for us and our wildlife population. And you know, we've covered this extensively because for several months, numbers just kept climbing. More and more manatee deaths. More than 600 adult manatees have died in our waters so far this year. Around July 4th, I visited Crystal River and got insight into what's gone wrong and how it impacts all of us. Did you ever think that this is what you would get into when you started out in marine biology? No, <laughs> not at all. I don't think a lot of people go to school and think grass. That's where it's at. <laughs> but it just kind of happened that way. It just kind of happened and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing because in this grass restoration becomes an environment restoration, becomes a community restoration. It becomes so much more. And you know, I live here, we live here. It, it makes it so important, so near and dear to your heart when you know your kids are growing up here and spending time outside. So grass was not my first thought, but everything that comes from this project is so incredible that I wouldn't have it any other way. That's Jessica Maillet. We met at Crystal River. She's a biologist and she's become something of a savior for Florida's manatee population. She and Lisa Moore share the role. Lisa, who is from the area, also runs Save Crystal River. The city of Crystal River is known as the home of the manatees. We were the first county in the state of Florida to have a manatee protection plan. And all through the years, it's been a warm water refuge. It's the second largest spring system in the state of Florida. So it's been a proliferating point. When we lost our seagrass, they lost their food supply unless they migrated during the wintertime from our warm springs seven miles out the river to the Gulf. Well, in 2015, Lisa set out to clean local waters. There is a target for next summer. Our original goal was to restore 92 acres, and next year we're going to finish we're gonna do in it. that section. Then we have more to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not done. First here, then the world. Right? Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Having said that, I mean, there's a bit of a significance with the timing of this because there's an anniversary, something we're commemorating, right? Right. The city of Crystal River turns 100 years old next July 3rd. 2023 and that was our goal when we started in 2015. Let's get our project finished by then and with Sea and Shoreline's help that's going to happen. Yeah. And Jessica the map may have looked a lot different a hundred years ago. Yes. Versus now which is why we're dealing with the issues that we're having right about now. Yeah there's a lot of man-made canals, seawalls, um, you know rerouting in different routes of water. Um, springs are not flowing quite as much as they have and you know we've got septic tanks that have caused a few problems here and there with our water quality, all sorts of runoff. Um, so Sea and Shoreline and Safe Coastal River were able to get together and um, find a solution to that problem. Lisa told me there was a time when one could actually see the river floor and of course manatees. They came to feed on grass and people showed up to watch, but people didn't always mind themselves. You have to always keep your eye on the ball. Don't let this happen again. And we try to tell that with visitors that come here. Please don't do, leave your sc prop scars behind. Don't throw your anchors and drag through the grass because it tears it up. Right. And I saw a lot of that this weekend. Yeah. You know, it was a little heartbreaking. For the holiday weekend. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. had a lot of boaters in here. And unfortunately, I think some people don't know the damage that they cause. I mean, they're going forward. They're not seeing what happens behind them. And there's a lot of prop scars out there now um, after this long weekend. It takes a long time for that to heal. So we try to educate people to please, please pay attention. You're in shallow water, lift up the prop. If you got a jack plate, pull it up. And if you could throw in an anchor, use a, use a, a stick. 
um, what are those things called? Like a anchor pin. Yeah, an <laughs> anchor pin or a power pole. Yeah, or a power pole. If you can do that, that would eliminate the problems of the um, of the damage that you're doing when you're dragging an anchor. She says years of carelessness has led to cloudy water. A bunch of algae or muck started blocking grass growth. When we lost our seagrass, they lost their food supply unless they migrated during the wintertime from our warm springs seven miles out the river to the Gulf. Lisa and Jessica knew it would take more grass to keep the sea cows here, but first they'd need to get all the muck that had settled on the river floor suctioned out. The problem was stopping new grass from growing. Really, it felt like everything had dried up. Once we lost all of the grass here, uh, we lost fish populations. We lost, I mean, tourism. Crabs. Yeah, we lost all of our crabs our from industry. our crabbing industry. Um, so there was, there was a huge loss in multiple facets. And with the restoration project that we've done, not only have we seen a bounce back in fish and crab population, the tourism, the manatees are here all year. You can see the bottom in 15 feet of water now or deeper, depending on what spring you guys the, the may eye venture test to. really matters here. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and versus where in the previous years prior to this project, you would be out there, you know, looking for manatees, trying to fish, um, trying to enjoy the area. And, you know, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. There wasn't, wasn't snorkeling or anything like that when it right. went downhill. So the fact that so much has come back it has really, I mean, it's really brought this community outdoors more. Yeah, and visitors from all around the world come here. They see not only our manatee, but they see the crystal clear springs. As a project, a result of this project, we've opened over 800 spring vents throughout the river, which increases the warm water refuge for the manatees, but it also creates, it creates a, a flow and a clarity of the water that people just thrive to. Kayakers, you know, paddleboarders, um, powerboaters, fishermen, Everybody wants to come here because it is so incredibly beautiful and unique in the state of Florida. The grass they're planting is called eelgrass, but they call it rockstar grass. Because they grow out seven and a half feet in every direction from each plant. So it spreads like crazy. And we thought, you know, this is perfect. This is going to work. And each year there was more and more hope. And then people started seeing the water quality behind their houses change. The springs were bubbling on top of the water again. I get chills just thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> they would call us and say, "Oh, there's a manatee behind my house," and they say, "No, that's not a manatee. There's a spring," and it would be opened up in the middle. And and the divers would tell us yes. that they would be suctioning, and all the goo would come out, and all of a sudden this poof, and all of a sudden a spring vent, and they get freezing cold because yes. the water's so cold. Yeah, so it's it's like so exciting, and if you come here and experience it. It's just exhilarating. Why does that excite you so? It's hometown and Florida, and it just means so much to me to see what the beauty of Florida used to be back again. And everybody needs to see it, experience it, appreciate it, and protect it. Because that's the other part of the story, is that we can fix this, but the future generations need to keep it that way. So when we go into the schools, we have a project in the 
Christopher Primary School every year. And we teach the kids how to grow the grasses. And then at the end of the year, the whole fifth grade, this is kindergarten, pre-K through fifth grade, they grow grass in their classrooms all year long. And then they take it to the beach at the end of the year. And you helped this year. Yes. And they plant their grass down at the, the Legion Beach. And uh, or it's not that anymore. No. I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur. It's <laughs> Hunter Springs. Yeah. <laughs> at the Hunter Springs Park downtown. And, um, and their grass has just taken over the whole little bay back in there now. And now there's a push to get kids involved in river maintenance. It's the Crystal River Primary School um, eelgrass growing project. And so, and we did that one and for the last five, six years. And then we did one this year that we worked with the Citrus County Education Foundation and that was called um, Book, Line and Thinkers. <laughs> and they took the kids down, every fifth grader in the entire county was brought down to either Crystal River or Homosassa. And they taught them about growing eelgrass. They got to plant their own. And then the, the local guides took them fishing. And so kids that have never even been on a boat or caught a fish got to do it. I think of it as, a, as just communities coming together. There's nothing better than communities with a common goal. Uh, and just the fact that it's, it's benefiting everyone here, whether they're spending time on the water or not, they're getting you know a, a boost in, in a sense of, I feel like self-worth when it comes to the kids who are partaking in the project. So the parents you know, may not get to go out on the water, the kids may not get to go, um, go out on the water very often, but the fact that the program she was just talking about, the book, line, and thinker, I always think about the fact that um, the kids talk and kids make it relatable. So I may think of it in a very biological fashion and I spend so much time in the water and Lisa spends so much time on the water. Um, so we probably look at it a little different, but the fact that we are getting a part of the community that may not spend a lot of time on or near the water involved, kids make everything relatable. They start talking, they may say things that, you know, that in a way that we don't think about it. Like, look, you know, I grew grass. They, they may tell somebody on a rental boat if they get to go out, you know, that one time in their life, they'll, they'll be like, I planted grass here. And they saw a manatee. And they saw a manatee. And we're feeding manatees. And we are feeding manatees. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it becomes relatable when you, you get something a little more charismatic involved. I love grass. I call it cute and you know, it's, <laughs> I may be a little crazy, but when, when other people look at it as, you know, something that's feeding the manatees, something that's making our community come together, um, I think that, that is, that's how it becomes relatable. We've had the support and the backing of the Florida legislature, uh, the governors, each one that has come along since we started this project. Um, Senator Simpson has been a cheerleader all the way through. I mean, he has been a tremendous um, supporter and it's helped us. The DEP, the Department of Environmental Protection, has been behind us. Our city and county governments, local communities. We had a fundraiser last year, and so many people came to that fundraiser, and um, and donated. And we are getting donations from around the world now of people sending us money because they know we're feeding manatees. And the more money we get, the more grass we can plant. And so if we can put that into effect in our program, then we can establish a grass bed that will feed thousands of manatees. And they'll find us. I mean, they'll find that grass. As you could imagine, it comes with a cost. A question for you, uh, how much funding has gone into this from, from government officials? About 35,000, uh, 35 million right now. Um, but we've gotten almost 65 acres completed. And so, and we just got another 10 million for this year, we should be able to finish with that. 
it, it, it's not cheap. So that's mm -hmm. why we say when we fix this, it's a lot cheaper and easier to keep it that way. Don't let it go backwards. Our biologists, our, our team, so my team put almost 40,000 planting units in the water over the past two weeks. I mean, we spend a lot of time in the water. We hop out on the boat. Um, we've got planting units that need to go in the water. We've got protective cages, the exclusion devices that need to go in the water. We've got maps to make. We, we have um, the areas that are being vacuumed to check. Um, we've got areas that need maintenance from algae blooms. If one wants to help your cause, mm -hmm. our cause, how can they get involved? Well, you can donate, savechrystalriver.com slash donate. Um, you can call us. We do different kinds of volunteer activities throughout the years, like the, um, the Book, Line, and Thinkers program. Um, we would love to be able to expand um, into the other schools in the county and other places, share our program. Um, we had a, um, a grant that we, the teachers at the primary school wrote an actual curriculum for this, and it's on our website. Teach it to your children. Mm take it into your community. We put everything on our website, the Save Crystal River website. We put all of our uh, independent biological assessments that are done every year, they're on there. The methodology, I mean, it's there. The information is there. You just have to get involved, form something in your community. Like I mentioned, Homosassa. The Homosassa Restoration Project is going wide open. Sea and Shoreline is doing that. Um, any place that there's a water quality problem, there is a solution, but you have to work together use our website, use what we share, and make it happen. Even if you just do something in your local school, at least you're teaching about it. You're teaching about don't drag your anchors. Um, you're teaching about use a power pole. Um, don't run through making prop scars. I mean, you can do a lot of different things. Everybody can do something. Teach your own children if you're not going to the schools. But, you know, teach, always teach. Jessica says the bigger loss of manatees has been on Florida's east coast. That's why they're hoping what they're doing on Crystal River will be replicated across the state. We'll keep you posted. Meantime, you know we do these conversations bi-weekly. Check out previous Frank Conversations on our app. Until next time, have a good one.